0: Clear Thinking Out Loud, written and narrated by Mark Turrell of Uncommon Knowledge. Hi, I'm Mark Turrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and welcome to Treating Painful Memories. And I want to give you two simple techniques here to help uh, stop your client's past spoiling their present life. My client said to me, I can't understand it, Mark. And Josh, my client, was shaking his head, you know, and he said, I'm pretty confident about life in general. I know I'm good at what I do. whenever I'm in a group of more than six or so people, I just crumble. And it's so out of character with the rest of me. It just doesn't fit. It's so weird and spoiling my life. And Josh had a good job. He had close friends and hobbies that he enjoyed and a family. So he was a well-put-together individual um, with a healthy uh, life. And he was more or less successfully coping with or even avoiding his discomfort in groups until the previous two weeks before he came to see me as a client. And he said, you know, I've just been promoted at work and I'm heading up a small team of my own now, uh, a team of 10 people. First team meeting, I had to excuse myself because my heart was racing. I felt like I'd be sick and I had to get out of there. But after a quarter of an hour or so, I was fine. And he'd brushed this occasion off as first day nerves, or maybe even a touch of flu. He felt, you know, because it was so dramatic and sudden and, and weird. But when it happened uh, like clockwork in the next two meetings, he realized something else was going on and he came to see me. And it was clear these intense anxiety attacks were threatening Josh's new work role. But he couldn't understand why he was experiencing them because generally he was a confident, laid back kind of a guy. So I told him a quick story about. Brun, a hunter from Paleolithic times. And one day Brun was out on a hunt and he heard a rustle of branches behind him. And before he could react, a huge predator leapt upon him, claws digging deep into his limbs. And it was only through the quick action of other members of his tribe that uh, Brun was able to survive, his heart pounding, breath gasping, um, and the beast had run off. Weeks later, after his wounds had healed and his strength returned, Brun ventured out with the hunting party again, and as he followed a scent towards possible prey, the wind carrying that scent brushed through some leaves and made a sound, and Brun's pulse and breathing instantly sped up, and faster than he could think, uh, to do so, he threw himself to the ground shaking and nothing happened because after all it was just the wind rustling in the in the bushes and after a while Brown calmed down and got up and continued on his hunt. Okay, so the point is that fear, anxiety and anger were essential to help keep our ancestors safe in a simple savage world and it didn't matter if the primitive emotional brain which generalizes circumstances, generalizes specifics to generalities, to err on the side of caution. Uh, So if the brain got it wrong sometimes and treated a gust of wind as a deadly predator, it didn't kind of matter because at least you were staying safe. Okay, survival was what counted back then. Back, uh, Back to our more complex modern world, I suspected Josh was being tripped up by emotional learning from his past rather than um, it helping him, it was uh, spoiling parts of his life. So these kind of ghosts of an emotional past needed to be exorcised, so to speak. On some level, something about those meetings felt threatening to Josh. So all of his focus had instinctively turned to survival, as it were, Uh, metaphorical survival, getting out of the room as fast as he could, escaping, okay. Those meetings were like a sort of uh, the rustle in the wind which, whilst not a real predator, uh, may have happened in conjunction with the time that the primitive person had been attacked by a predator. So I suppose, he said, that was a time I was bullied as a child. Does that make sense? I said it certainly might make sense, you know. And as we spoke about Josh's memory, it was clear he wasn't traumatised. You know, Josh didn't have flashbacks or nightmares, or feel too terrified to recount those times. It was more like a sub-threshold trauma. And in fact, he almost never thought about that time of being bit bullied. So I didn't need to use the rewind technique on him that we use for extreme trauma, um, but we could do something else. You know, he wasn't traumatised as such. Josh's past was troubling his present. Uh, but, but we could use some other techniques. So the first thing I did with him, with him was the uh, the helping hand technique, which is familiar to many therapists. The helping hand technique, as the name suggests, asks the client to go back and give a helping hand to their past self, so they they can recontextualize the memory of that earlier time, and then so the emotional conditioning will no longer function in the present. And there are three basic steps to doing this technique. So number one Locate when the emotional learning took place. I asked Josh to close his eyes and just get some of the feeling of the experience of being in those meetings at work. Just some of the sense of that, what it feels like when he starts to feel anxious in those meetings at work, but just a a sample of that feeling. When he told me he had a sense of that time, I asked him just to wait and see if any other memories came to mind that seemed connected with that feeling and almost immediately his mind went to a time when he'd been in class as a child and he was at the front of the room, front of the classroom, being introduced as a new kid to the school and the teacher left the room and suddenly the other boys attacked him, first verbally and then with their fists. This was such a sort of outrageous shock to him, of course, not surprisingly, and he was visibly shaken by this memory and suddenly felt it connected to his adult discomfort in groups, especially when uh, when he was the focus of attention, when all eyes were on him. Uh, Step number two. How are you different now? This is the next step, so get the memory and then how are you different now? So after he'd located the past unpleasant classroom memory, I asked Josh to open his eyes and describe to me all the ways his adult self was different from his nine-year-old self. Okay. And he came up with a a varied list, including I'm more confident now as an adult than I was when I was nine. I have more resources than I had back then. I've got a black belt in karate, and he wasn't kidding. Okay. I know much more about the world now than I did then. And that people now that I talk to uh, have my best interests. Okay, they're not against me. They're not going to try and beat me up. Okay. So reminding people of their resources tends to make them feel more resourceful and stops them feeling too distressed by just focusing exclusively on the unpleasant memory. Okay. So now he's in a better state of mind because we looked at all his resources. Step number three, go back into the memory as you are now with all your resources Okay, and change the nature of that memory. I then help Josh relax deeply into hypnosis and he visibly entered a profound, relaxed state of mind and body. I suggested he time travel back to that out-of-date classroom time, not as the child he had been then, but as the adult he was now. In this way, he could experience that time from a much more disassociated perspective without the usual feelings of anxiety and helplessness. He was to, as I put it, sort that time out properly. His adult self, with all his present personal resources, was to comfort his nine-year-old self and reassure him that it was going to be okay. Then he was to tell the other boys to leave his younger self alone and sort out that situation. When he followed these suggestions, I kept him under close observation. He looked deeply relaxed and calm throughout, a sure sign that now this memory would be processed through a much less emotional part of his brain as no longer current or threatening and be much less likely to cause him problems uh, by what we call pattern matching uh, in the present day. So even though he hadn't been accessing that memory consciously, it had, it had been informing his reaction in the current time. While hypnotically engaged in this process, Josh also found other times to sort out. Okay, And this technique gave him a chance to get a sense of completing unfinished business from the past. Okay? Sorting something out with all your adult resources and helping a younger, less empowered version of yourself can be an incredibly powerful way of helping someone. And later when he opened his eyes again, he reported that he felt fine thinking about those childhood times now and and they really felt as if they've finally been put to bed, he said. I also got him to hypnotically rehearse feeling as confident, relaxed and comfortable in groups as an adult as he should have been all along. Now, there's another technique we can use called the sealed envelope technique. Now, in a study carried out in 2010, researchers asked the subjects to write down something unpleasant from the past, such as a decision they deeply regretted, something like that, or an embarrassing or humiliating time. Students in the study who sealed their written accounts of loss or regret inside an envelope reported feeling much less troubled by these memories than students who had just written them down, but not sealed them. In envelopes. Okay, this is quite a startling finding. So according to this research, if something's troubling you, write it down, put it in an envelope and seal it, and doing so will help bring you psychological closure. It's almost like we're turning the emotion, the feeling, into something objective or object-like. But of course we can do this hypnotically and sometimes this can be extremely powerful as well. Okay, we can do it literally with clients, but we can do it hypnotically. Okay, so I might ask a client to, in, in hypnosis to relax deeply in a beautiful place and just get the sense of a small white puffy cloud overhead somewhere and suggest that that cloud is going to help them in, in ways that they won't even uh, remember consciously years down the line. Then ask them to notice that cloud darken as all the negative feelings from some past event transmit from the, the mind of the person. Up into that cloud. Okay. And eventually they can watch the cloud drift away and maybe begin to rain out all the past hurt on a far distant spot. Perhaps even see a rainbow form uh, in the sky as that rain comes down. And maybe that rain will even nourish flowers and plants in some far distant place. Okay. So the past showers bring future flowers. Or I might suggest that hypnotically watch the rain from all those past negative feelings, helping to irrigate dry land to be able to produce new healthy uh, life in future. So this reframes the, the past experience as something that paradoxically may help things in the future. Okay, And we're also separating them off from that past time so that it becomes more narrative and separate from who they are as an individual. Or we might hypnotically ask someone to seal away any old feelings they no longer need in a secret, secure, safe box okay, in their mind, or perhaps hypnotically getting them to bury it deep within the ground. Okay, it's still there, they know where it is, but it's compartmentalised, they don't need to go look at there. you know. Um, of course we can do this alongside literally asking someone to write about troubling memories and seal them away in an envelope. Uh, just as the researchers had done in, in, in the study. Sometimes I'll get a client to write something down and leave it with me and I'll keep it safe for them so that they no longer have to think about it anymore. So moving calmly into the future, you know, a few months after my session with Josh, I, I ran into him, uh, not in the car, but just in the in the store. And during our chat, I asked him how things were at work. And he said, well, oh, they're fantastic. That team I head up at work has just won a, an award for efficiency. And the other day, my colleague uh, commented on how calm and confident I seem in meetings so things had uh, evidently got so much better for him and this one part of his life had joined the rest of who he was if you like. He also told me that, uh, with a grin on his face that he'd started actively participating in, in, um, in uh, group uh, social activities at work and so forth as well and it was obvious that the frightened nine-year-old Josh now stayed where he needed to which was well in the past. So I hope you found that useful. I'm Mark Terrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and if you'd like to subscribe to my email newsletter, you can find it over at unk.com blog. That's unk.com blog. <music>